It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Huntsman Center this season. For tickets, call 801 581 UTICS or visit utahutes.com. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, I think you uh, have to admit that we human beings, you know, we're kind of a funny, we're a funny group of people. I mean, if you think about it, the the things we do, um, it's, it's certainly part of what I would call a herd mentality, but we're a funny, funny group of people, if you look at it. There is a uh, great uh, op-ed piece today up on, the, uh, up on the Salt Lake Tribune website. I just saw this before the show started today. It is written by uh, Sue Smith-Jackson. Now, she is a uh, uh, public health teacher. A professor down at Utah Valley University and an epidemiologist as well. And she wrote this op-ed piece in the Salt Lake Tribune, and here's the headline. Buying water won't save you from coronavirus. <laughs> and she is so spot on. I mean, the lady knows what she's talking about, right? But buying water is not going to save you from the coronavirus. And man, have we had a run on it this week. How are you, everybody? And hello, Utah. Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show on this sunshiny afternoon, Monday afternoon, here along the Wasatch Front and on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Um, jam-packed show again today. What's going on with, uh, with the Democrats? Uh, how much of a hand do you think Barack Obama has in all of the movement in the last, what, 12 to 24 hours? It's kind of interesting to see that the the establishment Democrats, the Democratic machine, are out to stop Bernie Sanders, who had a big rally here today. We'll talk with someone who was at that rally here in a little bit. But it's obvious today that um, with his win in North Carolina, a significant win, but everybody else, everybody was predicting Joe Biden was going to win because of the large population of African Americans there. But isn't it funny how all of a sudden the Democratic machine led by Barack Obama, and my guess would be the Clintons are involved in this somehow as well, has now kicked in, and they're telling those candidates, get out of the way, you know, uh, you, you, haven't got, you haven't got a chance and you know what to win, so let's give it to a guy who we think can win, and that's Joe Biden. So let's put all our support behind him. We'll get into that here in a little bit as well, a little bit later on. Big story over the weekend that got very, very little attention. But the United States signed a peace deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan. What does that mean for the U.S.? Congressman Chris Stewart is scheduled to join us a little bit later on. We've got a lot of other things to talk about. And by the way, Super Tuesday is tomorrow. Yes, Utah is part of it. Many of you registered Democrats or Republicans have your ballots. And if you want to vote by mail, they need to be postmarked by today. Tomorrow, you'll have to drop them by your election place. But today, if you drop them into the mailbox and they're postmarked on March 2nd, they, in fact, will count. 
So a lot going on there. We'll talk about that. But I want to I want to start off. Eray and I were talking about this uh, a little bit earlier, and he, he pulled me over to his office or his uh, cubicle, and he said, "Do you see this?" And he was showing me this video of people walking out of Costco or walking out of Sam's Club. Didn't matter what part of the country you were in, really, with pat with, with almost pallets of water and toilet paper and cleaning products. I mean, and I was talking to my wife. My wife had to do a little grocery shopping today. She needed to get some toilet paper and paper towels just because we need them. We're almost out of them. She couldn't find a one at Sam's Club and Walmart up there in the uh, Layton area. She said, we went, we went, you know, and and there there isn't any. It's all gone. Talk about panic, folks. You know, I, I mean, like this, like this professor at, at UVU says, buying water won't save you from the coronavirus. But it's funny how we as human beings react to all of this. And all of a sudden, you've got people out buying water and buying toilet paper. Um, now, here's what she said. Again, her name is uh, Sue Smith-Jackson, professor down at UVU. Wrote an op-ed piece today in the, uh, in the Wall Street or in the uh, Salt Lake Tribune. It's up on their website now. But I want to point out, I want to read a few of the things that she had to say. Because hopefully, this will bring a little bit of common sense back into all of this. And she, she writes this. She says, let's start with the obvious. The statistical likelihood of getting the new COVID-19 coronavirus right now is very, very low. Okay? You have a higher probability of getting almost anything else. You want to worry about a disease? She writes, worry about influenza. COVID-19 has caused six fatalities in the U.S. this year. How many fatalities have been caused by the flu? Anyone want to guess? 18,000. So six versus 18,000. What should you be more concerned about? And she said, despite the media and despite politicians all running around saying the sky is falling, she said, if you are concerned about COVID-19, here are a few suggestions. She says, first and foremost, and we've talked about this, wash your hands with soap and hot water. Use sanitizer when washing is impossible. And only weak face, face masks are going to be able to help you in any way as a part of that. So there's, there's one part of it, right? And is she, is she, offer other, she offers other suggestions as well. But she says, look, folks, just be smart. Don't worry about what's going on out there. You know, wash your hands when you need to. What is that? Let me just scroll up and get some of the other suggestions she's making. Purchase a reasonable amount, a reasonable amount of your favorite sick day supplies. What does she mean by that? COVID-19, the symptoms are very similar to the flu. And she says your list or her list, sick day stuff, includes Tylenol, ibuprofen, cough drops, NyQuil, Kleenex, and Gatorade. And maybe an ear or forehead thermometer to check your temperature. All right? I think many of you already have that. All right? Prepare for the possibility. And she says this is a very distinct possibility of a quarantine. The government can uh, quarantine without notice and by force of law. So, question is, do you have enough supplies at home for two or three days? Or maybe weeks, if it goes that long. But probably you won't need it that much. Think about your finances. And you work from home remotely if quarantined, okay? So those are some simple things she offers. But I think the headline in this op-ed piece says it all. Buying water won't save you from the coronavirus. 
So, you know, and who is it? Dr. Drew, I think many of you know who he is. Uh, Dr. David Drew uh, Pinsky, otherwise is known as Dr. Drew, um, said, uh, you know, and he he was really talking to the media. And he says, you know what? The media needs to shut up (laughs) because all you're seeing all over the place is worry about this. Now, six people have died in Washington State. Nothing to shake its stick at. All right? But compare that to 18,000 people who this year have already died by the influenza. Which one are you more afraid of? And the stock market today, I think, is starting to realize, okay, maybe we panicked too much. It was up nearly 1,300 points today. There's word that the Fed may drop interest rates tomorrow. Uh, And, yes, the president is moving quickly. As a matter of fact, the governor here in the state is holding a news conference right now with public health officials just to give all of you an update as to what's going on here in the state of Utah. And it appears that the three Utahns who were on that cruise ship uh, are probably have been found be negative for carrying the virus, and they're on their way back to Utah, or at least back to the United States. So when I say, you know, we just need to, we need to relax, yes, we need to be take it seriously. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but let's be honest and really think about what's going on here. And how much I think panic is starting to set in. Is it going to spread in the United States? Get ready for it, because it is. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing the President of the United States can do about it. It is going to spread. And you just have to be smart. Protect yourself. If you aren't feeling well, for crying out loud, please stay home. If you have children who are sick, for crying out loud, don't let them go to school. And if people are sick, avoid them if you can. Now, some people feel they have to go to work because they don't have sick day money. I understand that. But do the best you can if you are to isolate yourself from everybody else. In this panic, buying water, buying toilet paper, buying hand sanitizer, uh, I just, you know, you see the pictures. Again, I talked to my wife today. She's saying we're all out up here. And someone said that they may have sold anywhere, oh, uh, in the upper hundred or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product or even into the millions of water and cleaning products as a result of this run. It absolutely amazes me. All right, like I said, we've got a lot to get to today. Coming up next, big rally, 5,800 people turned out to hear and see Bernie Sanders today. We'll talk with somebody who was there a little bit later on. Utah Congressman Chris Stewart is scheduled to join us. We'll talk about the peace deal in Afghanistan with the Taliban. So a busy day coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. As always, you're invited to join us, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, now I mentioned a few moments ago, Super Tuesday, it is tomorrow. 14 states, including Utah, really for the first time since 2012, will be holding a primary presidential election. It's a chance for you to select who in your party you want to run for the White House and vote on November 3rd, all right? And if you have received a ballot in the mail, and you probably all have if you're a registered Democrat or Republican, and you want to do it by mail, you need to have it in the in the post office by midnight tonight. It needs to be postmarked tonight. Tomorrow, you'll need to drop it off at your election booth. Now, if you have any questions about all of this, just go to vote.utah.gov. That's vote.utah. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40, dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, boy, has there been a lot going on politically today. I mean, we had word last night that uh, Pete Buttigieg was going to pull out of the race. The New York Times had a story today that uh, he got a phone call from Barack Obama. And uh, Biden also got a call from the former president uh, following Biden's win in South Carolina over the weekend. And then Amy Klobuchar, I'm not... I don't get this one. Here she is today showing up. She holds a rally here in Salt Lake City because the presidential primary is here tomorrow. And then I remember sitting in my office and I hear Scott Seeger out in the newsroom saying to himself, what? And I said, what's going on? He said, Amy Klobuchar has dropped out. I said, she just had a rally here. Now she's gone to both announcing today that they are going to throw their support behind Joe Biden. Biden will be in Dallas for a rally tonight. Well, the big story of the day here in Utah was Bernie Sanders showed up in the state today, had a huge rally out of the state fairgrounds and joining us in studio to talk about this. We've had Gavin on before, Gavin Bruder. He is a part of the production team here at iHeartMedia and a big supporter of Bernie Sanders. What did you think of the rally today? I, I was very impressed with the turnout. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I said 5,800. You say more. You said 5,800. I would bet that that's probably official RSVPs because the the estimates that I was hearing from other reporters that were there were saying 10 to 12,000. Really, really. Okay. It was a ton of people. And this was out of the state fairground. Um, what do you make of what Bernie said today? It was the same stump speech stump he's speech, been yeah. he's been saying for I mean since 2016 really it's just I guess now there's a more receptive audience for it um, here in Utah especially I think people they were kind of warming up to Bernie in 2016 and now I mean he's 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 known he's got name recognition they remember his stump speech from 16 and now they've been with him since the beginning all right what attracts you to Bernie Sanders. I think for me, it's the authenticity. Okay. He's been the same person for 40 years, and I don't think... Even though he's a democratic socialist, you're saying he's been that all the time. He's never been, wavered at all. Never wavered from it. He's explained what he likes about democratic socialism and the differences between that and communism. I mean, he's he's been pretty forthright about what his policies are, and they've been that way since he was mayor in Burlington. Uh-huh. So for me, it's it's mostly consistency is what has drawn me to him whereas you're looking at 
other candidates like Joe Biden, Mike Bloomberg, all of them have kind of gone on their own little journey <laughs> to reach this progressive place that they uh-huh. they say they're at. And I mean, if anything, it was a tale of two rallies. I went to the Bloomberg rally two weeks ago, 600 people there, all of them kind of feeling him out. Nobody there was a hardcore Bloomberg supporter. Mm-hmm. I don't, not even his paid staff. Did it get a lot of uh, what we call golf claps? Just kind of like uh, yeah, there were the applause polite, lines. Polite there were the claps, applause yeah, lines. Yeah. yeah. But how about today with Bernie? Well, with Bernie, I think the thing that surprised me the most were you got the normal applause lines, you know, the beat Trump, the mm-hmm. Medicare mm-hmm. for all, all of that stuff. The one that got the loudest reaction from the crowd, from my opinion, was when he brought up the teachers' salaries. Because his his plan is he wants teachers to make a minimum of sixty thousand dollars a year and they want to reinvest in public education and Based on what was happening last week on Capitol Hill or or the mm-hmm. march to mm-hmm. Capitol Hill with the teachers, that got a huge that response here. With people. Yes. All right. It's obvious to me uh, that the Democratic establishment or the Democratic machine is out to stop Bernie with Klobuchar of course. and Buttigieg <laughs> doing, doing, doing right. what they did today. And they're yeah. all excited because Biden had a, a an impressive win in South Carolina, yeah. which he was supposed to have anyways. Absolutely. I don't know why they're all surprised by all of this. What do you make of this? Well, I think it's it's what we expected to happen a week late. I mean, people thought that Biden was going to really have a good showing in Nevada. And he did. Yeah, and, and, and and he he did. did okay. I mean, a modest yeah, second yeah. place. South Carolina went exactly as everybody thought. I, he turned out more voters than people, I think, were expecting. But for me, Amy and Pete both have bases that, I mean, Pete had a good showing in Iowa. But since then, his base is... Yeah is nothing. And, and same with Klobuchar. I don't know that those two dropping out gives Biden anything more than maybe an extra percentage or two, which might be huge in some super Tuesday States, if you can get to 15%. But I just don't see those bases being what catapults Joe Biden yeah. to the nomination. Yeah. I, I see uh, Barack Obama's handwriting all over this thing. Do you? I do. Um, Does that bother you? No, because for me, I, I mean, we expect it, you know, as Bernie, most Bernie supporters, and I was a Hillary supporter in 2016, but I mean, Bernie supporters have really kind of latched onto it's us against the world. Yeah. And, you know, I think if anything, it motivates people because, you know, Hillary kind of coasted to the nomination and her, her base wasn't really riled up in 2016. And made it difficult for Bernie to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And Bernie's base has been solid from the beginning. It continues to grow, and I think you know what's interesting about Pete. He's going to endorse Biden tonight, supposedly at the rally yeah, with Amy yeah, Klobuchar, yeah. and I think that his older supporters are going to coalesce around Biden. But those young supporters that a Buttigieg, but that yeah, that joined Pete's campaign. I mean, if you're you watching that, social media, a lot of them are like, "I was proud to work for Pete's campaign as a volunteer." Bernie, what you what you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of Trump this weekend saying, Bernie, don't let him get you. Hang in there, man. I mean, Trump yeah, I is. Mean, he, he, I mean, he went through this in 2016. Yeah, he's a master of <laughs> riling everybody up. So I, you know, I expect nothing less from the Twitter account of Donald Trump. Do you think it comes down to Biden and Bernie? Absolutely. Is Bloomberg out of it, you think? I absolutely. Uh-huh. I don't see any path to the nomination with Mike Bloomberg's record on stop and frisk i mean he is a republican in yeah. democrats clothes 160 million dollars he spent on super tuesday a lot of money that's a lot of money but L- money L- can't buy you love all right 
you get to the convention and you don't have a clear candidate who holds the majority. Correct. What what do you what do you think is going to happen? I think it depends on how big the disparity is. Uh-huh. I think I think if Bernie and Biden are within, you know, 100, 200 delegates of each other, it's going to be really tough for Bernie to get super delegates to coalesce around do, him. Do you think the establishment will do everything they can to get him out? Um I think that they're all kind of sitting and waiting. I think the biggest thing they want to see if Biden can continue these wins. Yeah. yeah. Because if if we get to the convention and Biden is not doing well in polling, he's not showing a strong base of enthusiastic support. I mean, you almost would have to give it to somebody mm. like Bernie Sanders if you want a chance of winning. And maybe, I mean, maybe <laughs> conspiracy theory, maybe they don't. I don't know. But it would just shock me if they went against the will of the voters. Okay. Final question. If the Bernie passion is so strong that they hate Donald Trump so much, he's not their candidate. Another Democrat is. Maybe Joe Biden. Will they be enthusiastic for Biden in November? I sure hope so. You think? Would you you, you get behind Joe? I would. I would. Even though I can't remember who's interviewing. (laughs) Listen, when you do that many interviews in one Sunday morning, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. All right, Gavin. Well, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Should be interesting. It will be an interesting ride. (laughs) Yeah, it will be. All right. Gavin Bruder. Thank you, E. Ray. We found back in the USSR just for you, Gavin. I know know this is what you're thinking about, right? Of (laughs) course. All right, Gavin. Thank you. All right. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. We've got a piece. 1-800-951-9898. The Rod Arquette Show. On Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Could this be the end of a very long war in Afghanistan? Over the weekend, the announcement was made of a very comprehensive peace agreement between the United States and the Taliban. Uh, The agreement, many say, far from perfect. Usually they aren't. But it is a good start in preventing further loss of American and Afghanistani, Afghani lives. Joining us on our newsmaker line to get his reaction to that is Utah 2nd District Congressman Chris Stewart. Chris, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Uh, good, good to be with you, Rod. Thank you. Chris, before I ask you about Afghanistan, I just want to get your quick reaction to the president and the administration's move so far on uh, controlling the coronavirus. What's your take? Are they doing a good job? Well, I think they are. I mean, the president was very aggressive early on. As you know, he was criticized for limiting some travel between China and Asian countries. He did that back in January. Uh, I know I was at the White House probably a month or so ago, and this was late in the evening. This was like 930 at night, and they had set up a war room already. They were upstairs working this. But this is the kind of thing that it's, it's just so unpredictable, and there's so much that we don't know. And it's a moving target that moves hour to hour, literally. And the second thing is, in this highly partisan time, it doesn't matter what he did, he would be criticized for. And I think that's very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a serious this is a serious concern for Americans. And it shouldn't be used as a political football. You shouldn't be bludgeoning someone just because they're from the other party. 
I mean, Joe Biden, for heaven's sakes, they were critical of the president for putting in these travel restrictions. And now they're saying he didn't do enough. And I think that's just kind of typical for Washington. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. All right, let's talk about Afghanistan, Chris. Uh, Word is today that we may begin a drawdown of troops in uh, maybe in 10 days. What do you make of this deal with Afghanistan? Because I know you've been there several times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as a military guy and someone who's had my family deployed there, some of them for, you know, three or four deployments, I got to be honest with you, I ought to have some mixed feelings about it. And, uh, and, you know, we've spent so much blood and treasure. But on the other hand, I mean, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to stay there for what looks like it would be nearly forever? You know, we get updated on this about every quarter and they bring in a map of- hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The Taliban-controlled territories of Afghanistan, and it's a little bit like watching a slow-motion map of the coronavirus. It's just this spreading mass of red. And if I felt like we were having the success that we hoped for there, it would be one thing. But the truth is, is that, you know, Taliban actually has a lot of support among the people in Afghanistan. And we're in the middle of what, you know, would in another time tradition be called civil war. So, I mean, the good news is, is that we actually have an agreement that I think has great benefits. If, If the Taliban is willing to do what they've said they would... And that's they'll work with us to prevent civil war. If they're if they're if they'll pursue the terrorist organizations that we're concerned about, which is ISIS and Al Qaeda, and share intel on those targets, then this could be a good thing for both the American people and the people of Afghanistan who've been at war for several generations now are just exhausted by it. Yeah, Chris, what did the U.S. achieve out of going to war in Afghanistan? Do you think? Well, I think we have to go back and remember after 9-11, we were rattled by that. And uh, and we wanted to hold bring justice to those who were responsible for that. And they were protected. I mean, al-Qaeda was protected. They had safe havens in, in Afghanistan. And they had areas there where they were, had training camps and they were plotting and, and facilities and, and the infrastructure to continue those types of attacks. And that's the reason we went into Afghanistan. We asked the Taliban to give those individuals to us and they wouldn't. And so we had no choice. And I don't think that anyone intended for us at that point, after 9-11, to be there, you know, 18 or 20 years later. Uh, but it turned out to be a very, very difficult challenge in the sense that the Afghan people were divided on 
on their politics. And uh, it's a very tribal nation. It's one of the most backward countries in the world. And, uh, you know, we, if you're going to nation build in Afghanistan, that's a generational problem and, and just one that I'm not sure the United States is equipped to do by themselves. Chris, economically, how much should we, what does this treaty say about us helping Afghanistan economically, and how much should we do, in your opinion? Well, I mean, there's, there's a way we help them economically, which isn't actually a dollar and cents formula. It's, it's this. It's we, we, we protect Kabul. We bring stability to the government there. We bring stability to the power sharing. And as I said, uh, hope to, if not eliminate, to minimize and greatly minimize the possibility of an all-out civil war or that war expanding. And by that stability, then you open up economic opportunity for the people. Without that stability, the people are left with nothing. I mean, nothing but just violence and bloodshed. But if you can bring some stability to the region, then they can begin to rebuild and, and you know, recollect their lives. And I think that's the first thing. But there's no question there's a dollar figure of actual aid, as there is for many nations in that, not only that region, but around the world. I don't think we've settled on what that figure will be in this peace process. I mean, that's ult- ultimately it's up to Congress and it's going through the Appropriations Committee. And, and I couldn't tell you what that number is going to be. I could tell you what it was last year, the year before. It was hundreds of millions of dollars, but I, I don't know that we know yet what that will be in the future. You yourself said you've had family members involved in Afghanistan. I know a lot of people here in Utah have had family members involved. Some have given up their lives in behalf of our fight with Afghanistan. What do you say to the vets uh, and their families well, as a result of this? This 18-year-long battle. Yeah, and I, I, that's where we started out this conversation, Rod, because, I mean, to me, that is the heart of this issue. That is the heart and soul of this issue, and that is honoring the sacrifice of our veterans who have, you know, as, as I said, the blood and treasure, the sacrifice, the personal sacrifice. If you are a family member who has lost someone you love in Afghanistan, you look at this and you wonder, was it worth the sacrifice? And that is an absolutely fair question. And and the the second question that would be how much how much longer or how many more soldiers are we willing to give up on that? And is there a balance there? And I. I really think the president, the administration, and Secretary Esper have found that balance in the sense that we're not abandoning Afghanistan. We're not just throwing our hands in the air and saying, well, you know, we gave it a shot and it didn't work. That's just not true. But we have had success in bringing stability to large parts of the of the nation, uh, particularly to the more populated areas. And, and I think this uh, agreement allows for that stability to remain. I mean, U.S. forces aren't going aren't to just abandon the area. They'll still have an influence there. And I think we can retain a lot of the goods those soldiers sacrificed for, but at the same time recognize that we probably don't want to have fourteen or 15,000 American soldiers in Afghanistan when my grandkids are my age. Chris, as always, great chatting with you. Thanks for a few minutes of your time. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, on our Newsmaker line, that is Utah Congressman Chris Stewart talking about Afghanistan and the agreement worked out between the U.S. and the Taliban announced over the weekend. All right, let's talk about the stock market for a little bit today. It's been down last week, but day, boy, did it bounce back up nearly 1,300 points. So if you're an investor, do you know how your portfolio has been affected by the uh, swings that we've had on Wall Street of late? Well, if not, why not reach out to Trajan Wealth because they can help you if you're into mutual funds. Is there a better way? Call Trajan Wealth to understand the difference between how to reduce your fees and stay diversified. What about annuities? They aren't for everybody, but could they be for you? It's the only product guaranteed to pay you a lifetime income. If you want to find out more, just reach out to Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth, a fiduciary, where their motto is, the more you make, the more we make. And as Jeff Jr., the owner of Trajan Wealth, says... 
We have the heart of a teacher. We want to work with you and help you understand what's going on with your money so that when you retire, you can retire financially stress-free. Isn't that what it's all about? Why not reach out today? To reach out and contact the people at Trajan Wealth, set up an appointment today, 801-899-7600 or online at... That's 801-263-7777 or visit universalguarantee.com. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette on this Monday in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS listening, you'll know it's obvious the Democratic establishment machine is out to stop Bernie Sanders. We'll talk more about that coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour here on the Rod Arquette Well, a few days ago, Utah County joined another Utah County, this one in Uinta County, in becoming a uh, the second county to become a Second Amendment sanctuary. Uinta County did it back in January. Now Utah County, the county commission, has voted to declare itself a Second Amendment sanctuary that supports the right to keep and bear arms. Joining us on our newsmaker line is Utah County Commissioner Nathan Ivey, who introduced the legislation. Commissioner Ivey, thanks for joining us. Why'd you do it? Um, you know, it's, it stems from a lot of the things we've been hap- seeing happen in other states and nationally in, in regards to attacks on the Second Amendment. We wanted to make sure it was clear that not only did we support the Second Amendment in Utah County, but we would take the appropriate actions uh, to protect the individual rights of the citizens in our county. Commissioner, have you heard from people expressing concern that some of these rights may be taken away? Is that the general feeling you're getting? Uh, yes, we've had uh, a lot of people all across the spectrum reach out that have been concerned about this and asking us what steps we could take as a local entity to help protect them. And and so we looked into that and, and found what we felt was the appropriate action. With, does this have any legal, legal bearing, Commissioner, or is this just a statement from the uh, commission? So it's a little bit of both. If you'll actually read the, the resolution in our third, therefore, it puts us in a position that should the state, the federal government, take actions that we feel are restrictive, uh, we are in a good legal position to fight back through the court systems. And that's why we included that provision, because it put us in a stronger legal position uh, should something happen that we felt was unconstitutional. I was going to say, how does that put you in a stronger legal position? By issuing this statement, is that what it does? Yes, and and it gives us immediate opportunity for action, right? So we've already declared that we will immediately act, and so it strengthens that position. Okay. um, Are you getting any feedback from constituents there in Utah County as to what they're saying about this? Uh, You know, overwhelmingly, people have supported this. I've been very, very thankful that we were willing to take this step and, and appreciate it immensely. Uh, very minimal pushback on the measure, and mostly that it's, you know, not an ordinance change or anything like that, uh, because it is a resolution, where it's, so it's non-binding legally. Uh, that's been pretty much the only pushback we've gotten. Yeah, and as far as Utah County is concerned, do you foresee other counties doing the same thing? I mean, I believe Uinta County has done it. Utah County becomes the second county. Do you expect more counties in Utah to maybe take this approach? You know, I I do, because Utah as a whole is a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, and it's not just the Second Amendment, right? We're talking about the 14th Amendment and others, and so it's it's an opportunity for us as a state and individual counties to stand up and say we believe in the Constitution, 
and we're going to take the appropriate measures allowed by law to defend our constitutional rights and the constitutional rights of our citizens. Do you see the possibility that uh, the county would have to uh, uh, withhold public funds if some sort of law was imposed on gun restrictions? Could that happen? Uh, you know, I, 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 it could, certainly. There's certainly an appetite um, when you hear the, the commitments and promises coming from many of the Democratic uh, presidential candidates, uh, some of them going as far as saying they are going to take our guns away. I think there there is legitimate reason out there that we could have to do something. On our newspaper line, that is uh, Utah County Commissioner Nathan Ivey talking about the uh, county there in Utah County uh, voting to uh, make Utah County a sanctuary Second Amendment county. And as I mentioned, you went to county did that not long ago, back in January. As a matter of fact, we talked with a uh, county commissioner there. Um, this whole movement, I think, it's part of the uh, the feeling you get here in the state of Utah. And you noticed it up on Utah's Capitol Hill uh, this past week where there was a hearing on three gun control measures. Every one of them was voted down. And I remember asking uh, Utah Senate President Stuart Adams at the beginning of this legislation if, in fact, there was any type of appetite uh, for gun control legislation, and he said no. The only bill they're looking at right now is Corey Malloy's bill. This is the bill on uh, uh, background checks at um, county-sponsored events, like at the Mountain America Expo Center. The uh, mayor of Salt Lake County, Jenny Wilson, tried saw a loophole in the current law on that and took advantage of it, and this is a bill that would outlaw any county from uh, overriding a rule from the state of Utah when it comes to... Uh, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Gun measures, and it appears that bill is mostly, most likely going to uh, get through. A couple other notes today, real quick, before we break. I want to get these in. Um, Jack Welch, who um, ran GE, former chairman and CEO of GE, wrote a wonderful book on business, uh, was considered America's manager for a number of time. He was billed, as a matter of fact, he earned two titles, manager of the century and neutron jack for slashing tens of thousands of jobs. Under his leadership, uh, GE became the world's most valuable company after Microsoft. Its fortunes, of course, later turned south. But Jack Welch, uh, former chairman and CEO of General Electric, died today at the age of 84. He, he wrote a wonderful book several years ago. On, it was kind of a combination of his management style and uh, and uh, his life story, which is an amazing life story. I mean, he was the son of a, a train conductor and uh, rose to the top as the head of GE, 
but passed away today at the age of 84. All right, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk a lot about politics. We've got Super Tuesday tomorrow. Uh, and yes, here in Utah, you do get a chance to vote. If you want to do so by mail, you have to have your ballot in the post office by tonight. Must be postmarked by March 2nd. You can vote in person. Joshua Stern of Keller Williams Realty, 444-9100. Or check out his reviews online at SternSellsHomes.com. We're live, we're local, and we are everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette with you on this uh, Monday afternoon. The sun basically today is nothing more than a decoration, but sooner or later, because <laughs> it's cold outside, sooner or later it will uh, warm up a little bit. As a matter of fact, you hear the uh, KUTV weather team talking about temperatures into the 60s by this weekend. We'll take it, won't we? All right. Uh, a lot of big economic news today. If you're just joining us, have been working all day, haven't had a chance to check out the news of the day, let me give you a, a quick recap of a couple of big stories today. First of all, let's talk about the, uh, the uh, oh, some breaking news just coming across. I want to share with you real fast. MSNBC's Chris Matthews says he is leaving the network after accusations of unwanted overtures to a guest and controversial remarks he made about Bernie Sanders. So that was just came across, but apparently MSNBC's Chris Matthews, remember he got a, uh, what was it, a trickle up his leg or whatever it was when Barack Obama became president, announcing today that he is leaving the network because of sexual advance advancement allegations against him and some comments he made about Bernie Sanders. So that's just coming across today. All right, um, I want to get you caught up, first of all, on the stock market today. The stock market up nearly 1,300 points today, calming down a little bit after a very, very rough week. The president today, we got an update on the coronavirus. Six people have died in Washington state. Uh, health officials, Mike Pence, the vice president, held the news conference a short time ago, and health officials, the head of the CDC, said there is no doubt we are going to have community spread around the country. More people are going to be diagnosed with it, so get ready for that. Uh, but there's no need to panic, and they say the risk is still very low here in the United States. And here in the state of Utah, as Abby was reporting, the governor, along with the lieutenant governor today, announcing the formation of a coronavirus task force here in the United States to... Uh, just help Utah prepare for this and deal with this should it hit the state, and most likely it will. There was a great article today in the Salt Lake Tribune, if you want to take a look at it, uh, from an epidemiologist, a uh, health professor down at UVU, basically saying, you know, buying water is not going to help you uh, uh, avoid the spread of coronavirus. Uh, people are, you know, they're, they're worried about quarantines. I get it. And they're, you know, they're storing their water and storing their toilet paper and their Kleenexes and their cleaning products. But tap water, folks, I think is just as good as bottled water. So just be aware of that. Now, the political news of the day, and this is what I want to get into you uh, with this hour, because the big news of the day, you had a big win by uh, Joe Biden on Saturday in South Carolina. Really not surprising. I think most people expected it. Uh, because of the large African-American vote there in South Carolina. So Joe Biden got a big win, and it has kind of reinvigorated his campaign. So much so that the New York Times had a story today in its reporting that Barack Obama, former president, got on the phone with Pete Buttigieg, 
who did not do well in South Carolina over the weekend. Uh, and basically, you know, they don't know what they're saying, but a source basically said, look, Pete, now is not your time. You know, your time is down the road. Uh, you need to uh, you need to get out of the race and think about endorsing Joe Biden. And Buttigieg's response was, okay, I'll think about it. So uh, he has thought about it. Well, Amy Klobuchar, the Minnesota Democratic senator, was in town today. She held a rally in downtown Salt Lake City. Not a huge crowd, but she had some people show up. Well, just a short time later, it was learned that she, too, was dropping out of the race, and she is going to head to Dallas tonight. She's there already, probably. And Buttigieg is also on his way to uh, Dallas in a rally to throw their support behind Joe Biden. So apparently, this victory uh, by Joe Biden, which was expected anyways, all right, has, uh, you know, the establishment has now woken up and said, all right, we may in fact have a winner here. And we've got to do something to stop Bernie Sanders. So you see the establishment now trying to gather all their forces as rapidly as they possibly can to get behind Joe Biden because they see him as more moderate, which he certainly, which I guess you can say he is compared to Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren, uh, getting behind Joe Biden because they see Biden as probably a stronger challenger of Donald Trump in November. Um, and, the, you know, they fear that Bernie Sanders on top of the ticket is going to hurt other races for the U.S. Senate and for Congress because I think people will feel well, if he gets elected president, we better have a Congress that is going to kind of counteract what uh, Bernie Sanders is trying to do. And it's kind of crazy. Now, Bernie Sanders today, big rally here in Salt Lake City. You know, the official estimates were about 5,800. We talked earlier with someone who was there. He said the number he feels was closer to 10,000. You know, I mean, the size, I, I don't think in this case really matters. But Bernie Sanders still has a lot of support out there. So that's why it makes tomorrow so interesting. Now, Utah is going to be a part of Super Tuesday. Uh, if you're a registered Democrat, a registered Republican, have you gotten your ballots in the mail? If, if they aren't postmarked by today, forget it. And if you want to vote tomorrow, of course, you can drop it off at your polling location. Uh, but Utah, along with 13 other states, are going to have a big vote tomorrow. California is up. Many people expect Bernie Sanders to win in California. Uh, Texas is a toss-up. That's why you're seeing Biden there today with Klobuchar and uh, and Buttigieg joining him to try and boost Texas to see if that can be a win for Joe Biden. Bloomberg, by the way, the figure that he spent on Super Tuesday, and we a lot of a lot of Bloomberg ads on this station. And oh, by the way, everybody, and I get emails on this all the time. Why are you running Bloomberg ads, or why are you running this ad? Uh, understand every radio and television station in this country is licensed by the Federal Communications Commission. All right? We operate on the public airwaves. Okay? As a result of that, we are required to take ads for all candidates for federal offices. We can't tell them no. We cannot tell them no. So if Mike Bloomberg or Bernie Sanders or anybody like that comes here and says we want to buy advertising on your radio station, we can't tell them no. So you just, you know, a lot of people, why are you running these ads we kind of have to. There's no way we can say no. Okay, so they'll understand that. But um, like I was saying, the vote tomorrow is going to be very, very interesting. Here in the state of Utah, the polls have shown that Bernie Sanders is, in fact, uh, leading in the race here. And he had a big crowd back in 2016, a good crowd today, good-sized crowd again today, and they're very enthusiastic about Bernie Sanders. 
Now, the question is going to be, if, in fact, the establishment is able to slow down or stop Bernie Sanders from getting the nomination when they meet in Milwaukee in July, and if Joe Biden ends up being the candidate for the Democratic Party, the question is going to be, what will Bernie Sanders supporters do? They're very passionate about Bernie Sanders. And, you know, like I think, if there's a comparison, the fact that Donald Trump and his supporters are very passionate about the president. So the question will be, if Biden is the guy, and a lot of people have said for quite some time he could be the guy for the Democratic parties, what will the Sanders people do? It's going to be interesting. That's why tomorrow is going to be very, very interesting to watch. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about, there was a wonderful article that I uh, saw over the weekend, and I want to talk to you about this. It was written by uh, Neil Patel. He writes for The Daily Caller. And in the article, Neil basically asked this question. Why have the American people decided to throw out their political leaders and start over? I mean, think about this. This is what happened in 2016 with Donald Trump. There were 17 candidates vying for the GOP nomination for president in 2016. Most all, as I recall, were political candidates or were candidates or had political experience, except for one, Donald Trump, a complete outsider. And what did the Republicans do? They voted for Donald Trump and they were able to elect him president of the United States. You have a similar case now with Bernie Sanders. Now, a lot of people say, well, he's a senator, but he is not viewed as your typical politician. Rarely meets with the Democrats, is considered an outsider. So, The question when we come back, I'll share more about this article that Neil wrote, but I want to get your reaction to this um, as to why you think the American people have decided to throw out their political leaders and start over again with people like Donald Trump and maybe even Bernie Sanders. 888-570-8010, on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, now I was mentioning vote tomorrow. For the first time since 2012, Utah will be holding a presidential primary tomorrow. Mail-in ballots automatically sent to you if you're a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. Now, if you want to mail those in, you have to do so today because they must be postmarked by today, March 2nd. Or you can drop them by your polling place tomorrow, and that will count as well. Now, if you want to learn more, may I suggest you go to this website, vote.utah.gov, vote.utah.gov. It's your time to pick a president. Don't miss out on the chance. Super Tuesday is tomorrow here in Utah. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. During the break, oh, by the way, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. During the break, I was watching uh, Chris Matthews. He announced his retirement on his own show today, Hardball on MSNBC. He started the show, said, the big story of the day happens to be me. I'm leaving. And he talks about, you know, how much he enjoyed politics and working, but the uh, charges of sexual harassment and the comments he made about Bernie Sanders and African-American voters over the past several weeks has caught up to him. So Chris Matthews out as host of Hardball on MSNBC, and he is gone. All right, uh, I want to open up the phones to you now at 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, I want to get your reaction uh, to the thinking out there right now 
Uh, and this was highlighted in an article by uh, Neil Patel in the uh, Daily Caller. And he asked this question, why have the American people decided to throw out their political leaders and start over? Now, go back to 2016. You know, uh, the, you know, people were giving Donald Trump uh, a snowball's chance and you know where to win the, the Republican nomination to be president. When he came down the golden escalator on June 15th of 2015, people were going, 1%, he's not going anywhere. And look what happened. What happened? What was Donald Trump able to do? In many ways, you almost, I think, see the same thing with Bernie Sanders. You've got people within the Democratic Party who would never be Republicans to begin with, who see the economy and politics, the political structure in this country, rigged against them. And they think Bernie Sanders will change it. I mean, people in America today, I think, are desperately searching for a new political leader or new political leaders who will shake things up. There is no doubt that Donald Trump has shaken things up. Okay? And I think there are people who think, supporters of Bernie Sanders, who think he will do the same thing. Now, Sanders is much more radical than Donald Trump, especially on his monetary policies. So Donald Trump sees the deep state as a problem, and he's been dealing with that. Bernie Sanders sees the economy and the political structure in this country as a problem, and he wants to shake things up. You know what's so sad about this? And then I'll get to your phone calls on this. Is you think the first question those within the political establishment would be asking is, why is this happening? What is going so wrong for people that they throw out all the established political leaders? What do you think is going on? Ask yourself that question. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod, let's go to the phones. We begin in Cache Valley with Lisa tonight on the Rod Arquette Lisa, how are you? Welcome. I'm fine, Rod. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. What are your thoughts on this, Lisa? I just wanted to say that, well, I think it's people like Mitt Romney, John McCain, who screwed us over by Obamacare, Ryan Republicans who won't sit there. Also, there's Bill Crystal, who today they said came out and voted for Joe Biden. So they're not really Republicans. They just wanted to pay, to pay lip services and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, and they never do. Donald Trump has stuck by us, and I think the more people like that Bill Crystal and stuff dig in, we're going to vote for him more. And then as for Bernie, I think all these young millennials think they get everything free, and I think that's the problem because you notice a lot of people over 40 don't vote don't like Bernie Sanders. You know, if you actually work and have a job, you don't want Bernie Sanders. But like I said, I think it's the Republicans promising for years that they're going to do everything they can for us, and then when it comes right down to it, they don't and they weasel. They don't fight for us. And Donald Trump, you know, says what we wish we could say. And do you, so yeah, Lisa? Do you think, in a way, Bernie Sanders is similar to Trump in the fact that he's willing to shake things up? We may, may not like what he does, but if nothing else, he's talking to people, his supporters, yeah, saying, yeah, "I'm going to shake things so. up too." Yes, I think so, and I think everybody are sick and tired of these people that have been. Well, Bernie Sanders is one that have been in Congress for thirty, forty years, and nothing really has gotten done. I mean, that's Bernie Sanders because he's calling for something mm-hmm. different. I think that's his appeal. All right, Lisa, thank you. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to a Provo and let Lee weigh in on this tonight. Lee, what are, why are the American people, do you think, willing to throw out established politicians and bring in somebody who's willing to shake things up? Why do you think that's happening? 
whether voters know it or they just sense it, there are two things that I think impact us. Number one, there is absolutely no correlation between how popular a proposed law is with voters and whether or not it gets passed. It could be 20% popular with voters, and it stands a 30% chance of getting passed. It could be 90% popular with voters, and it only stands a 30% chance of getting passed because politicians aren't answering to voters. When you combine that with the fact that the average congressman has to raise a minimum of $45,000 a day to fund their campaigns, and they literally spend hours a day doing that, they're not getting that 5 and $10 at a time from voters. They're getting it from large special interests. They're getting it from lobbyists. And that's who they're listening to. I think average voters understand that. They feel that. And they realize, I'm not represented. I want to be listened to. Donald Trump is masterful at listening to what his voters want and meeting that message. I think Bernie Sanders is pretty good at that, too. Yeah. Listening to the people that support him and answering that message. Lee, I want to ask you this question, um, and I think I, I appreciate your comment. I think you're right on there. Um, uh, on the social issues, I think both parties have different views. But when it, when it comes to the economy, I think over the years, the two parties have sounded very similar in their approach to protect the corporate and the elites. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I think you're absolutely right. All right. All right, Lee, thank you. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to Salt Lake City and see what Drew has to say about this tonight. Drew, welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey, Rod. Um, I'm just wondering why Bernie Sanders is even being thrown into the mix as this kind of comparison of uh, throw out the political leaders and, you know, bring in the people that are not politicians, because he's been a, a politician for over 30 years. True. And he says, oh, you know, I'm for the, I'm for the little man. I'm for, uh, you know, universal health care and all this. I mean, I, down with the billionaires and the corporations. But I mean, the guy is a millionaire. He's admitted it. And not to mention, he didn't have a problem or doesn't have a problem taking money from uh, lobbyists and so forth, like the last caller said. So I'm just curious why anybody would look at him in the same light as they would look at Donald Trump. Well, and, and, and uh, let me ask you this question, uh, Drew. Do you think he is that much different from any politician in Washington right now? Obviously not. No, no, absolutely not. If anything, I think he's, I would say the only difference between him and Hillary Clinton is that they have very, very, well, the difference is that they both believe the same things, but he's the only one willing to come out and say it. Yeah, that's He's good. the only one willing to come out and say, yeah, no, I am a socialist. Socialism should be the way we do things. Hillary believes that, too. She just won't say it. Yeah, good point. All right, Drew, thank you. All right, more of your calls coming up. 888-5708010. 888-5708010. You know, the American people, they wanted somebody different, and they elected Donald Trump in 2016 because they believed he will get things done. And I think all of us agree he has done a lot, right? Well, what about Bernie Sanders? So why is it that the American people have decided to look at all these establishment politicians and are starting to say, you know what, we want somebody different. We want to start over. Or is that really true? More your calls and coming. Radio app. Radio, music, podcasts, all free. Free never sounded better. Download the iHeartRadio app today. One man, one goal. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, I'd like to know from you tonight, what is what is the one or two factors that you think is driving the anger and the, you know, the division within the country today? Because is it all about politics and our politicians? 
You know, the American people back in 2016 with the election of Donald Trump said, okay, we are sick and tired of you politicians. We are tired of the, of the Jeb Bushes. We are tired of that crowd. You know, we want somebody who's different, somebody who's going to fight for us. I hear that from people all the time. Why do you like Donald Trump? Well, he may not be presidential in his character, but you know what? He fights for us. And I heard a, a, an interesting take. I was listening to Glenn Beck a little bit this morning. And Glenn was at the uh, at the uh, at the CPAC rally or the CPAC conference outside of Washington D.C. this weekend. And before, after he spoke, I think it was before he spoke, uh, the president was there and gave a speech. And what Glenn realized was that Donald Trump, when he goes to these rallies, he's got another one about to get underway in North Carolina tonight, ahead of the uh, Super Vote tomorrow, Super Tuesday Vote tomorrow. That when Donald Trump speaks to these rallies, it really is entertainment, but Donald Trump is comfortable at those rallies because he is around his friends. They think like him. He'll say what they are thinking. And therefore, they feel they have a friend, and he feels he has a friend in those rallies. You know, So the question would be, what is that connection he was able to make? Because if you look at 2016, and you may be looking at 2020, depending on what Bernie Sanders does, it's another indication that the American people are sick and tired of political leaders. They want to throw them out, and they want to start over again. So why on earth is that happening? 888-570-8010 on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, let's go to the phones. And we go back to, let's go to Salt Lake City and talk with Jeff about this tonight. Jeff, why are we angry, and why do we want to start over again? Well... I actually have a question that's kind of related to this, and I think it, it kind of points to the, the politicians out there and what their motives are. And this, this, this question may sound a little sarcastic, but if you think about the seriousness of it, it could happen. And that- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What do you think the possibility is that Mitt Romney would decide to run as the running mate with either Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden? And when you think about that, you know, their goal is, and, and Romney's goal and Biden's and and uh, Bernie's goals all are all the same, which is to get rid of Trump. And so, you know, if we think that Mitt Romney is being all, you know, altruistic, we know that's not even the, even the case at all. But all he's looking for is his own, you know, presidential aspirations. And what a better way, you know, to make another name for himself than to throw himself in with, throw, him, throw his name in with, uh, you know, with one of these guys. So what do you think the possibility is that he'd be a VP to, uh, to the... Uh, Democrat nominee. 
Well, let me tell you what, Jeff. As far as Mitt Romney and being a VP candidate, I think the chances are remote, very remote. With Joe Biden, I would say very remote. With Bernie Sanders, very, very, very remote. Because you look at how the media treated Mitt Romney, and how are they now going to love Mitt Romney uh, if he's running with the Democrat? Now, Joe Biden, you know, he may do it just to try and get some publicity, but I, I, I just don't think it would happen. And I don't know if Mitt Romney would do it, in fact. Well, we know Mitt Romney would do it because he'll do, do anything do to get think? in office. And do you do, think? And he, I think, uh, yeah, for sure, because he'll do anything to hurt Trump. And as soon as he, as soon as someone invited, you know, if he got invited to that position, the, all of a sudden, you know, the, uh, the media would love him. And yeah. they'd forget all the bad things they ever said about him. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know about that, Jeff. I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off there. I've got to get some other colors. Got a lot of people who want to weigh in this. But that, you know, you, you would think someday that is there going to be a politician out there, eh, whoever comes along, who in this really partisan divide that we have in this country today would have the guts to reach across the aisle and ask someone to be their VP. Uh, I just don't see it. All right, let's go to uh, Orem and talk with Tom on this tonight. Tom, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm fine. Thanks, uh, Rod. Uh, my my take on all of this is different than what I think everybody else is thinking. I don't think that the Democrats hate Donald Trump. I think they fear Donald Trump. I think that the fact that Donald Trump is digging into the deep state, it covers a lot of people. And I'm 71 years old, and I, I've looked through a lot of this stuff, and I've studied a lot of it. We have everybody in the Democrat Party taking money and becoming millionaires and billionaires from their offices. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter who's in there. As long as they're looking at the deep state, they can't, they can't afford to have him in there. Second of all, Bernie Sanders, he is the party of, with their handout. And I hope we don't have enough people with their handout thinking they're going to get everything paid for because it's not going to work. And, and thirdly, Donald Trump stays with us. He talks to me. I am LDS, but I don't look at, I think that the founders all were flawed people, and I think that there are people raised up at different times. I think Trump's one of them. All right, Tom, thank you. Appreciate that. One more call before we break. Let's go to uh, Chris in Spanish Fork. Chris, how are you, and welcome to the show. Hi, Rod. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just in, with regard to what you were asking about kind of this overall frustration, it just seems like on the left, at least with Bernie's strong message, is a lot of his followers are just sick and tired of the money yep, in the politics yep, and this yep. whole process of buying the politicians. And you really see that frustration coming out. And it seems like he's the only one uh, talking about uh, overturning Citizens United to address that. Mm-hmm. And it just seems it just seems like that's that's coloring a lot of the conversations in the Bernie in the Bernie camp. You know, Chris, I agree to a, uh, to a certain extent, but think about Bernie. Bernie uh, really never held down a full-time job until he became mayor of some town in Vermont, right? And then he went on to win the Senate. Well, since the Senate, I mean, here's the mayor of a small town, and you can't make a lot of money doing that, right? Why is he a millionaire now and owns two or three homes? Whereas on Donald Trump's side, I don't think people are bothered by the fact that Donald Trump owns several homes. But he made it on his own, not with the government's help. And I think that's what the difference is between those two. Right. And I, it, I agree with you on that one. And I think what's, what's also happening is that, well, Bernie's he's getting into this political process. 
as are a lot of different, you know, Congress people and senators. And, and there's almost a question there. Is why is it that they make they make it yeah. big when they get into the political machine? Why do they get rich? Why is that part of our political process? And maybe that's a question that's coming into a lot of these people's minds, the voters, and they're just getting tired of it. Why is money so attached to our democratic process? Yeah, I, I think you're right, Chris. Uh, well, and look at this. I mean, I think Jason Chaffetz has tried to do something about this. But what, look what has happened to Barack Obama and Michelle Obama after uh, he became president and after, you know, his term was up. I mean, this guy is making a ton of money all of a sudden. You know, and Jason Chaffetz one time said, okay, if he's making so much money and he just bought, what, a $13 million home on Martha's Vineyard, something like that, why are the American people paying for his secret service? Someone answer me that question. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Let's talk about the real estate market right now in the Salt Lake Valley. Summer and spring, not that far off. Busy time of year now. A lot of people are deciding to put their home on the market. After you make that decision, the next decision I think you need to make is to contact my good friend at Justin Udy and Team Real Estate. Why? Well, Justin has been recognized as one of the top realtors in the state of Utah. As a matter of fact, his team has been recognized as Sales Team of the Year by the Salt Lake Board of Realtors. Justin will get you top dollar for your home right now, period. If you have a home in the greater Salt Lake area, contact Justin Udy today. If you have a contract with Justin, if you sign up and down the road you just aren't happy with what he's doing, He's going to let you out of it. And he has a 29-day guarantee. So what does that mean? Well, if you list your home with Justin, and if it's not under contract within 29 days, Justin will sell it for absolutely no commission whatsoever. He's been recognized by HGTV as Utah's real estate expert, and he's with the Century 21 Everest Group. So what are you waiting for? Reach out to Justin Udy today. Go online to Justin. Definitely want to go with the Alaska experts, Holland America Line or Princess Cruises. Explore more at GoAlaskaNow.com. The Rod Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, you'll know. All right. Why have the American people decided that uh, we just want to throw out our current political leaders? Now, I say that because of Donald Trump and what happened with Donald Trump in 2016. He was somebody who said, I'm going to change things, and he certainly has tried to do so, and in many aspects has been successful in doing so. But then you look at all the surveys that you see around the country, and most people are willing to re-elect members of their own congressional delegation. We have the same thing here in the state of Utah. If, if Mike Lee was to be uh, was up for re-election, most people would vote to put Mike Lee back in. Now, it may not be true with Mitt Romney anymore after what has transpired, uh, or, you know, since his uh, vote again on impeachment with the president. But I think most people feel they're happy with their politicians. So why, in some cases, are we throwing out some political leaders and putting people in like Donald Trump and maybe even Bernie Sanders, not to the White House, but possibly the Democratic nomination, is it because... They've been able to connect with the frustrations that many of you have out there. And you look at the system, and I heard this, and you'll hear this all the time from people who say, a politician here at home says one thing, but he goes back to Washington and does something completely different. Or he doesn't do what we want. Now, the two parties on the social issues are different, okay? There are many issues that they disagree on. 
Um, but when it comes to the economic issues, oftentimes I think it's very, very difficult to tell the difference because most people, as a matter of fact, feel that um, that um, economically, you know, th- there's not a difference between their economic plans. And what a lot of people see nowadays is, wait a minute, my wages have been stagnant for how long? Uh, and I look at out of the airport, I see more private planes there than ever before. So obviously the, the elites are doing very well. And this is where I think the American people are looking at this and say, you know what? We're, we're going to go for something different. And that's why I wonder about the, the success of a Joe Biden campaign. I mean, what is Joe Biden going to bring to Washington that will be any different than what's already been there? You know, uh, Joe Biden is out there saying Donald Trump has been a threat to democracy and a threat to our Constitution. Do you really believe that? I mean, I hear Democrats say all that. You know, we've got to save America. Democracy is about to be blown up. If we put Donald Trump in for another four years, there's no telling what's going to happen. And that's the message the American people are hearing. And I don't think it resonates with them anymore. I, 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 I think the American people look at Donald Trump as exactly what they voted for. Now, they understand he's, you know, sometimes crude. He makes fun of people like Mike Bloomberg. He imitated Bloomberg over the weekend at CPAC by crouching down and saying, here's mini Mike for you. I mean, but, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's not very presidential. That's not what we want in our president. We want somebody who we can look up to. The American people understand that. They understand that in many, many ways, this is pure entertainment. Donald Trump is an is an entertaining. His, his timing is impeccable sometimes. He does a great job. So do the American people, are they, are they willing to throw their standard politicians out anymore because they are just so frustrated and they want to start over? I think Donald Trump is trying to start the whole machine over. And he has recognized that the deep state is part of the problem. He also recognizes that the courts have been part of a problem. And that's why he's got the approval of a record number of, I think it's 187 judges now, who are conservative, who, again, are going to do what the American people want, not the judicial activism that we've seen on the part of a lot of judges of late. All right, when we come back, the governor announced today we're going to have a task force on coronavirus. We'll get the latest on those numbers. And is it going to lead to... ...knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. Call Joshua Stern of Keller Williams. Online at sternsellshomes.com. We're live. We are local. And we're everywhere with you on the iHeartRadio app. Hour number three of the Rod Arquette Show. Here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS listening, you know, welcome back. Still a lot to get to this time, or this hour, as we wrap up the show tonight. We'll talk about um, what a couple of lawmakers are trying to do to crack down on people who are driving under the influence of marijuana. And as Abby has been reporting today, the first medical marijuana dispensary Opened in the state today. As a matter of fact, opened down on State Street in Salt Lake City. First one in the state. I think there'll be 12 or 13 others out there, and they'll come online shortly. But medical marijuana, now legal to use here in the state of Utah. I wonder what the crowds were like today at the dispensary uh, in downtown Salt Lake City. Also coming up, we'll talk about, you know, protecting our open spaces. We love open spaces, but everywhere you look, 
we are building and how do we protect those open spaces we'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the show as well but right now let's get an update for you on the uh COVID-19 coronavirus, of course, the uh, uh, governor today announced that he is forming a special task force to coordinate our efforts here in the state of Utah to protect citizens against coronavirus. He'll be headed up by Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. Uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, who's been designated by the president as the lead man on the coronavirus, uh, nationally held a news conference today. And, you know, they're trying to reassure Americans that there may be more travel restrictions they are stepping up screening on some of the country, but the head of the CDC was real honest with people, and I think he should be, that it is going to spread in the United States. You know, despite all our efforts, it is going to spread in the United States. Six people have now died from coronavirus at a care facility up in uh, the Seattle or Washington area. Um, and for the most part, people are saying, calm down. Let's treat this like the flu. There are different symptoms. We are seeing a rush on the purchase of water, bottled water, uh, the purchase of cleaning products, the current, uh, paper towels and toilet paper. And, you know, I was saying, why the panic? Someone did email me and said some people are just trying to stock up in the event that they are quarantined because some quarantines may, in fact, happen, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, let's get an update on what's going on with any possible shutdowns around the country. Joining us on our newsmaker line right now is Bob Herman. Bob is a healthcare business reporter at Axios.com. Bob, thanks for joining us tonight. What's the latest on coronavirus around the country? Yeah, I mean, so the, the number of cases is, is clearly on the rise um, as, as more testing gets out there, and, and that is also coincided with uh, a few more deaths overall as well. So this is simply a matter of we're doing the more testing and we're finding out that uh, more people are getting it. And this is kind of a natural response, right? The more testing you do, the more you start to realize that uh, maybe this has been lingering more than we realized. Mm-hmm. Bob, what about the uh, travel restrictions the Trump administration has imposed? Where do they stand and are they expanding? So there's certain travel restrictions to some of the uh, countries that have experienced high numbers of cases. Uh, most recently, we're, we're talking about uh, Italy, uh, South Korea, and Iran. Um, so it, it, it unclear, there, there's still no hard travel restrictions in terms of uh, people cannot go to and from those places. Uh, um, but you know, it, it, it's still uh, uh, it, it's still kind of fluid, and um, it, it, you know it's more than anything. I think more most of the efforts are focused on preventing community spread uh, domestically here. How are people trying to deal with, because over the weekend, I don't know about you, but I went into my nearby Costco and all the water was gone out of Costco, the bottled water. A lot of panic and concern, but is there any indication that more dramatic measures are needed yet, Bob? What have you found out? Yeah, it's definitely clear that there has been some panic buying. Um, And and some public health experts and infectious disease doctors are unsure if... uh, certain quarantine measures are necessary yet. And, and we have to compare it to what China did. What China did was pretty remarkable. Um, you know, they, they uh, kind of put uh, very uh, strict travel restrictions, closed schools, uh, and so on. And, and that actually helped prevent the, uh, the spread of the disease. It's obviously harder to do here in the U.S. because um, in China it's a little bit different regime. It's more centralized. Um, that just wouldn't fly as much here. And, um I mean, another issue here in the U.S. The US is um, there's no guaranteed paid sick leave. And, you know, that kind of reinforces people who need that paycheck to go to work even if they're feeling ill. So, uh, 
that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, you know, it, it, the, again, the hope is that uh, people practice good hygiene more than anything. Um, uh, but yeah. What are, you, what are you hearing, Bob, and what are people saying about either eventual school closings? Are, are, does that likelihood exist? And I saw over the weekend as well, talk about even March Madness and large crowds gathering, people being discouraged to go to those events. What are you hearing in that regard? Right. I mean, there have been more cases in the Pacific Northwest, uh, for example, in Washington State. There actually have been some uh, school closures to close, you know, to, to clean the schools in case because there have been more cases there. I think, you know, as one doctor told me, a lot of also relies on tempo, right? If if there's just more cases kind of trickling out, and it seems kind of reasonable that it's it's somewhat under control, uh, it may not be necessary to close schools or institute any kind of mass quarantines. Um, but again, if it go from maybe a few cases to a couple hundred, that might uh, definitely encourage some school closures and and really kind of put, putting a stick to making sure that people stay home. Um, in, in regards to uh, canceling public events like March Madness and elsewhere, uh, that, that's, it's still uh, unclear right now. I mean, if you look uh, around the world, uh, there have been instances of uh, you know, soccer games for mm-hmm, instance, playing mm-hmm. in stadiums where there's been no crowds. Uh, looks weird, but again, it's 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 they're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, but we're not there yet, at least here in the U.S. Again, this comes back to testing and and trying to find out uh, how spread this is getting in the community. You you mentioned as well uh, China, um, and it's a very centralized government there in China, as I think most of us know. And they have imposed really stark restrictions on doing just about anything, containment restrictions. Is there any indication that that is working in China? I, I think, uh, and, and I've spoken with infectious disease doctors who have said, you know, uh, regardless of what you think of China, the, the fact that they were able to uh, more or less, you know, uh, make sure that schools were closed, people stay at home from work, that absolutely uh, slowed down the spread of the coronavirus. I, I think that's very clear. Um Again, it comes to uh, whether that can, you know, whether that can and should be imposed in the United States. It's, it's a little bit uh, more difficult. And again, that comes back to a variety of factors. In China, there is uh, paid sick leave, for example, for uh, mm-hmm. for many people. Here, it's different. So people are going to be more compelled to go to work or, or not, you know, or uh, not stay at home if their kid is sick. Um, so I, I think it's clear that what China did helped slow the disease. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's just a a matter of whether that can and should be uh, replicated. The bottom line that you write about, society isn't going to shut down because of this, but apparently they're urging just do some common common sense things, right? Yeah, I I think that the the clearest message I'm getting from from experts is there's not a whole lot to do right now other than uh, appropriately wash your hands and taking a full 20 seconds and washing and scrubbing your hands with soap. Um, if, if you are sick and you have the means to stay home, by all means do so. If you have the means to telecommute uh, and, and you're feeling sick, that's probably another smart idea. Um, a lot of this is, is common sense, but it's also trying to make that fit within someone's personal life, too. On our newsmaker line, Bob Herman. Thank you, Bob. He is the uh, healthcare business reporter with Axios.com, giving us an update on coronavirus. And again, 
washing your hands for about 20 seconds. Stay away from people who have a cold or maybe the flu. It could be coronavirus. You never, never know, you know, and protect yourself and simply be smart. And I think if most people do that, we'll just be fine. Is it going to come? It's here already. Is it going to spread? Most health experts think it will just because we're a very mobile society anymore. Uh, will quarantines come? Who knows? But we'll have to wait and see and see what happens. All right. When we come back, medical marijuana, it is now legal to use here in the state of Utah. Well, at the same time, two lawmakers want to crack down on DUI, medical marijuana, or marijuana, I should say, and DUI. The We'll talk about that coming up next on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. All right, one of the great events of the year is coming soon to the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the renowned International Sportsman's Expo. So if you like to camp, if you like to hike, maybe fish, if you like RVing or outdoor adventure, the International Sportsman's Expo is there for you. It comes on March 19th through the 22nd for America's premier outdoor hunting, fishing, and travel show. It always is so much fun. Spotlighting thousands of products and services from 1,300 companies. Wow. Learn about the latest gear. Check the essentials. All you need for a fun outdoor adventure for the entire family. The International Sportsman's Expo will feature seminars, all kinds of activities for you and the family, and contests that educate and inspire outdoor enthusiasts from first-timers to experts. So prepare for your next or maybe your first outdoor adventure from the International Sportsman's Expo. Details at sportsexpo.com. That's sportsexpo.com. Entry is $12 or free for active military with ID and those... Because John Curtis gets things done for Utah. Paid for by Curtis for Congress. A little great Santana music off the uh, bumper music rotation on the Rod Arquette Show. Here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS, listening, you'll know. Welcome back to the show. Well, never say never, right? I never thought I'd see this happen here. In- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The state of Utah, but in fact, it has happened today. The first dispensary of medical marijuana opened in the state today. There are, what, 12 or 13 others that will open around the state in the coming weeks as Utah launches its medical marijuana program. Been a long fight for a lot of people. Is it a perfect program? There are some who are pushing for even more changes, but some tweaks were made to it during this past legislative session or a session that's about to wrap up. The governor, of course, signed into law the amendments to the program just the other day, and today they started selling medical marijuana here in the state of Utah. Well, in doing so, at the same time, two Utah lawmakers have now introduced a bill aimed at beefing up penalties against those who use marijuana, not medical marijuana, but marijuana and drive. Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about it right now is Representative Steve Waltrip and Representative Andrew Stoddard. Uh, Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Let me start off with you, uh, Representative Waltrip. Why did you introduce this bill? 
Well, depending on what substance you are uh, impaired by, our laws don't treat them all equally. Um, so most people would say if you're impaired, you should be treated as an impaired driver regardless of the substance. But right now, the penalties for marijuana impairment are in certain circumstances less than the penalties for alcohol impairment or other drugs. And so there's there's imbalance in our system. Are you trying to do this, uh, working with Representative Stoddard on this, because that Utah officially, as of today, has become a medical marijuana state, or are there other factors which brought you to this move to make these laws a little bit stricter? Well, the initial concern came because of a couple of accidents that happened, uh, one in Utah County, one in Weber County, where uh, individuals who were impaired or high uh, on marijuana uh, were involved in fatal accidents, and the resultant penalties, uh, to highlight what I just said, were lesser than had they been um, impaired with alcohol or many other substances. Uh huh. Did you work with the families? Did they have input on this, or are they pleased with the direction you're trying to take? Yeah, they're happy with the, the direction it's taking because they felt um, unfairly treated uh, just because of the substance that uh, was was found to be uh, in the other parties. Do we have a test right now that can determine this? I mean, we, you know, you have the breathalyzer test when it comes to alcohol and driving. Do we have a test that can gauge this and uh, the fact that it may be impacting drivers? So what, what devices do we have available to us? This is Rep- Representative Stoddard here. Um, we do have officers who are specifically trained. So there is a, a DRE, which is a drug recognition expert, and that is a, a very intensive training course that they actually learn to administer alternative field sobriety tests that are specifically directed towards drugs and highlight marijuana. And then there's, a, to a lesser extent, what they call an A-ride. And those are officers who receive some of that instruction, but in a very condensed course. And part of the problem is that we don't, we don't have enough of those throughout the state. And so these cases are really hard to investigate as well as to prosecute. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the matter of the fact is we have uh, an incredible number of these cases where there are fatalities that result and there's drugs in their system. It's actually double the number of those fatalities that we have related to alcohol DUIs. And so we just felt like something needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Representative Stoddard, while well, I've got you as well, um, does this bill differentiate between the active THC and the inactive metabolites? that apparently are in the system as well. Does it uh, does it make a difference between the two? Yeah, so it, and this is a bill that it deals with all controlled substances, um, but it does make a change with the marijuana in that it has to be the active metabolite that's present, and that was actually a change that was uh, additionally passed in the bill dealing with medical cannabis that was signed into law already. So that's a change that, that was in this bill but has already been made. Is this an attempt? Uh, drunk driving laws are pretty strict in this state, as they are around the country, and as I think they should be. Is this an attempt to make driving while using drugs as punishable as drunk driving is? Yeah, absolutely. Why? We're seeing just a huge number of these cases, and um, with a DUI right now, if you were to plead guilty to two in a 10-year period, a third could be filed as a felony. Whereas if you were driving under the influence of drugs, you could have 10 within a year and it would still say the exact same. Really? And so we felt like it would be a deterrent 
to mimic what the DUI statute does in terms of enhancement to hopefully deter these cases because they are happening more and more frequently. Either one of you, gentlemen. Again, could, it's helpful, yeah. Yeah, helpful to remember that our, that our drug-impaired deaths are double what our alcohol-impaired deaths are in this state. So, so we're, we're trying to recognize the reality of what's going on in Utah right now. You're down to what about the final nine days, week and a half left of the legislative session. Uh, do you both think that this will uh, get through the House and maybe on into the Senate? Do you have enough time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it passed through the House last week, and um, yeah, we have a Senate hearing, I think, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, we'll be on the Senate floor shortly after that, so I think uh, it will it will go through. I think, you know, again, there's a tough balance because with marijuana, there is no blood test like alcohol, which can definitively define whether someone is impaired or not. The only test for impairment is those officers that are trained in it. So it, it's a lot trickier to deal with than alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, does law enforcement back this measure? I would assume they would. They do. All right, there guys. Some, and, I, and I would say this, there are some that want it to go further, and there are some that, uh, you know, on the other side that think it goes too far. So we feel like we've struck a pretty good balance with this. And uh, this is the first step. Uh, Representative Stoddard and I are going to work on the entire DUI statutory framework because it's, it's inconsistent at best right now. Mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. going to take time in the interim to really dig in and, and look at the entire framework and make sure we have something that recognizes what Again, I think most people would say is impaired is impaired is impaired. I don't care what it is you're impaired by, dirt, you know, alcohol, mm-hmm, drugs, mm-hmm. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to deal with public safety and make sure the public feels safe while they're driving. Representative Stoddard, let me ask you on this one. Do you, As a prosecutor, do you consider this maybe as the first step and down the road we may even get tougher, tougher restrictions? Uh, yeah, this is absolutely a first step, and I think it's a good step. And, and I don't necessarily know if it will be tougher, but I think just different. The, the drugs we're dealing with now, we have synthetics that weren't even anticipated when these bills came into play. And so I think it's just something we need to look at, look at the data, see what actually works in terms of reducing it. Because and overall, that's our job as legislators, to see what the public policy supports and what's going to protect the community. On our Newsmaker line, State Representative Steve Waltrip and Representative Andrew Stoddard talking about a bill that would beef up the penalty against those who use marijuana, not medical marijuana, but marijuana. It's February 28th. See full terms and conditions at hollandamerica.com. Ships Registry, the Netherlands. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, I want to uh, I want to paint a picture for you and see if you can relate to this or the challenges that we face here in the state of Utah. Let's say that you own a farm in either Salt Lake or um, Davis County, maybe even Utah County. Okay, and it's been in your family for a very very long time. And you've worked the land. You've had a great, you know, uh, a, a great family life in that with that farm. And um, but you're nearing retirement, 
and you want to enjoy retirement, and none of your children seem to be interested in carrying on the farming tradition in your family. And along comes a developer, and this developer is going to offer you a heck of a lot of money for your land so that they can develop it, maybe putting houses on it, maybe some sort of uh, retail area, right? And how difficult would it be for you to say no? Well, that's just one of the many challenges facing Utah when it comes to protecting our open space. There right now is a rush to try and save land here along the Wasatch Front, while at the same time accommodating the growth that is coming with our expansion and the booming growth that we have here in the state of Utah. What kind of challenges do we really face? Well, joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about it right now is Wendy Fisher. Wendy is Executive Director of Utah Open Lands. Wendy, thanks for joining us. I mean, how big of a challenge or challenges are we facing right now when we've got booming growth, but we're also trying to preserve some of those open spaces? I think that one of the things we see as we look at the growth that is coming out at us fast and furious, we have at least two counties that are in the top five fastest-growing counties in the nation. And I think we all want a good economy, but we have to realize that part of what is driving that economy are these amazing landscapes. Mm -hmm. And we are losing acres every single day as that growth continues to sprawling development. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we face, especially along the Wasatch Front. Uh, They're just simply aren't the dollars there to protect the open space that even landowners are wanting to protect themselves. How do you uh, deal with those challenges, Wendy? What What do we need to do, in your opinion? Well, I think one of the things that's critical is for our leaders to realize the vision of protecting our quality of life. It, it really is one of the most conservative things that we can do to save something for the next generation. It's an investment really in our prosperity now and into the future because open space, recreational opportunity, and scenic beauty are things that draw people here, sometimes just to visit, sometimes for a lifetime. In fact, outdoor recreation in Utah brings $12.3 billion to the state's economy, and it employs about 110,000 individuals. And that doesn't even count for the businesses who consider the outdoor recreational experience and the tremendous beauty of the Utah landscape when they figure whether or not they're going to bring their companies to Utah. So that's one of the first things that leaders can do is to recognize the vision that protecting open space has a long-term real economic benefit to the state as well. The other thing that Utah has missed out on is the leveraging of state dollars with federal programs. And I'm talking specifically about the Lee Ray McAllister mm-hmm. Critical Lands Fund, mm-hmm. which actually began um, back in 2000. And that fund has leveraged millions upon millions of dollars in preserving various different landscapes. But for several years, it was defunded. And in fact, a couple of years ago, there was even talk of disbanding that fund altogether. That would be a mistake because we would lose out on matching funds for federal programs like the Farm Bill. One of our most at-risk landscapes is farmland. It promotes our Mm -hmm, mm self-sufficiency as a state, mm -hmm. 
But the farm bill has tremendous incentives for helping farmers and ranchers who want to forever protect their landscapes. But without matching funds, we can't apply for some of that funding. Well, I was going to ask you about that, Wendy. Is most of this land that we're talking about um, privately owned? And if so, how do you convince a landowner who owns this land and a developer comes in and says, I'm going to pay you big bucks if you sell me that land so I can develop it versus, you know, trying to preserve that? I mean, how do you convince that private landowner to maintain that open space instead of selling it for development? That's a great question. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of times people say, oh, well, how do you... How do these landowners choose this? Well, mm-hmm. they definitely are choosing it. In fact, at Utah Open Lands, our phones are ringing off the hook with landowners who want to save something for the next generation. They want to pass on that open land legacy, whether it's a piece of farmland or it's the place where they have fond family memories. But the issue is that there aren't enough uh, dollars there to help us protect it. There are tax incentives And for those landowners who love their land, those tax incentives can be a great help for uh, aiding in the protection of these landscapes. So really what it comes down to is conservation is never going to be able to compete with development. But for these private landowners who want to leave a legacy, there are tools that we can employ to ensure that they leave that legacy and that there are some uh, tax benefits as well as, at the end of the day, needing to have some funding to give them some value for the tremendous development and market value that they're giving up. Is there hope out there, do you think, Wendy, that we can find a solution to this? Or is that, uh, are you uh, kind of like putting your finger in the dike saying, <laughs> well, I can only hold it for so long? Um, I think a lot of people would look at this and say, well, gosh, we should have been doing this 20 years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Utah Open Lands has been working to preserve land for 30 years in the state of Utah. And there's no doubt that part of what we have witnessed is the loss of some amazing orchards, the loss of some amazing recreational trails and access to the foothills. But we have been very successful in protecting some dearly beloved community landscapes. Right now, in fact, we are working to preserve the Kohler Dairy up in Wasatch County, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is a local cheese-producing dairy that is beloved by the community. We are working to preserve a portion of the Bonneville Shoreline Trail at the base of Little Cottonwood Canyon. Really, the canyons are our calling card. And so we have these opportunities to protect these landscapes, and that's what we're working to do, but it's going to take grassroots efforts, and it's going to take the vision of our leaders to understand that there is a balance to the growth if we want to sustain our long-term economic vitality. Wendy Fisher, she is Executive Director of the Utah Open Lands uh, Program, talking about the rush to try and save Utah open land amid the booming growth. And Now, as many of you know, I live up in Davis County in uh, Cadesville, and you drive uh, on the other side of I-15 up there, and you see the same thing in Layton. You've seen it in Farmington. Um, you've seen it uh, in Clearfield. All those areas that used to have wide-open farm fields are now populated by homes. I mean, you look at the success of Station Park there in the Farmington area. You probably have other examples down in Utah County and here in Salt Lake County where, you know, um, uh, these open spaces, very tempting, very tempting for those private landowners to sell that land 
And I know some people who did that, as a matter of fact, sell that land to private developers, and then they put homes on them. So it's a real challenge to maintain the quality of life that we have here in the state of Utah and uh, to handle the booming growth. And whatever efforts are being done right now to try and, you know, find that critical balance, I think it is very, very important to uh, to uh, Utah. All right, before we get into our break, guess what? We've got a great event coming up on uh, March 14th at the Maverick Center with our Utah Grizzlies. It is Utah Grizzlies Military Appreciation Night. Right now, I have a four-pack of tickets so that you can go see the Utah Grizzlies take on the Allen Americans at Military Appreciation Night. Again, it's coming up on March 14th, and we'll take caller, what, number five? All right, caller number five, E-Ray says, 888-5708010, If you want to be a part of the fastest game, around and it is ice hockey i played it for a long time love the game of hockey right now it's your chance to win a four pack of tickets to see the grizz take on the allen americans on military appreciation night coming up on march 14th caller number five right now 888-5708010 caller number five Get tickets to 94.1 kodj presents chicago and rick springfield now at livenation.com Final few minutes of the Rod Arquette with you on this Monday. Dave Ramsey coming your way at the top of the hour. Dave with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow, Super Tuesday, and we'll have wall-to-wall live coverage of the vote. Tomorrow night, starting at 7 o'clock, right up until 10 o'clock tomorrow night, we'll preempt Dave Ramsey for a night. So with iHeartMedia, we can present you the latest on Super Tuesday. Of course, the polls here in Utah open at 7. I believe they close at seven eight o'clock tomorrow night probably seven tomorrow night um for super tuesday so if you haven't voted as of yet uh if you have a bail-in ballot you can drop it in the post office right now as long as it's postmarked by march 2nd it will count and uh, of course you can go to the uh, polling place tomorrow and drop your ballot off as well and we'll have up to the minute wall-to-wall coverage with iHeartMedia's coverage of Super Tuesday tomorrow night. Make sure you listen between 7 and 10 o'clock tomorrow night. All right, a couple of things concerning the the, uh, politics of the day. This was a big, big day. I mean, if you think about it, the stock market roaring back to life today, ending at almost 1,300 points. Um, You had Bernie Sanders here with a good-sized rally. You know, we talked with a uh, uh, Gavin Bruder, who is a, a part of the production team here at iHeartMedia, big Bernie uh, Sanders supporter. He went to the rally today. He claimed there were ten to 12,000 people there. Other numbers have put it at about 58. I don't think the uh, numbers really matter. Uh, Amy Klobuchar was here today giving a stump speech, campaigning for president, and then a short time later was announced she's out of the campaign. She had dropped her bid for the White House and instead is endorsing Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, did that yesterday. And then, of course, we have all the news about coronavirus. The governor announcing today a task force here in the state of Utah to help people prepare for it. No doubt it is coming. Now, the interesting thing about Joe Biden, um, if you think this, this is pretty amazing. Vice President Joe Biden uh, with, uh, you know, with Klobuchar and Buttigieg dropping out of the campaign today. He is currently now the youngest man still standing in the 2020 Democratic presidential primary. He is 77 years old. 
yet Joe Biden is now the youngest man. Now, Biden's distinction, of course, comes as Buttigieg dropped out of it. Uh, and uh, that makes that makes him the youngest man in the race on the Democratic side. Mike Bloomberg is older. And uh, Mike Bloomberg is older and Bernie Sanders are older. So Joe Biden, believe it or not, is now the youngest man in the race. Uh, on the men's side, as I mentioned, remaining in the Democratic field are Bloomberg. What a town meeting he had on Fox News today. He was asked about gun control, and there were a lot of people, and even a brief demonstration where they had to go to a break, a lot of people protesting Michael Bloomberg and his efforts on guns. But Bloomberg and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders are 78, although Bloomberg's birthday was last month. Sanders will turn 79 in September. So Joe Biden is the youngest on the Democratic side, and I think of all the people, I think Donald Trump is the youngest of all of them. Believe it or not. So it's kind of funny. All this effort toward youth, and here we have someone today called uh, Joe Biden, the comeback geezer in the race. Boy, tomorrow's going to be so interesting to see what happens. um, One other note. uh, New York City, uh, as of yesterday, imposed a plastic bag ban on many, many shoppers in New York City. And we've talked about how really they don't make a difference. Apparently, they make people feel good. But they make very little difference when it comes to the environment. But uh, the new ban on single-use plastic bags uh, left a lot of shoppers in New York uh, used to their old ways, shocked at the changes. They aren't happy about it. All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. May God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.